almost seven years ago, I um, unexpectedly lost my fiance. I woke up um, one morning to find that he had um, he had actually gotten out of bed, and I had felt him get out of bed. I felt the bed move, and um, for a split second, it was like this fear had crossed my mind. But I ended up going back to sleep, knowing and trusting that he was going to come back to bed, but he didn't. And when I went downstairs, I did find him. Um, he had passed on the couch. And so it, it was a horrible, horrible situation. I've always seen major traumas, major life experiences happen before they did. But when they happened, I would still feel almost like surprised. Like uh, I, I was diagnosed with cancer when I was 26 years old. I used to have this vision just play out in my head over and over and over again of me having cancer down to the exact type that I had. Life after trauma, it could be devastating. Imagine losing a loved one or dealing with something as serious as cancer. Well, that's exactly what happened to my guest, Carrie Cardozo. She's a natural born psychic and she helps businesses grow. She has 23 years of experience and she comes on my show today to tell her story. She's actually able to sense events before they happen. This is a very fascinating episode that you don't want to miss. So let's go ahead and get started. You're listening to the On Call Empath Show. Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. Hey guys, thanks for joining me on the On Call Empath. Today I have a very interesting guest that I've been trying to get on my show and finally it's actually manifested and actually happened. Uh, Carrie Cardozo is a mental health healer. Um, She's a business uh, psychic. She has very unique gifts that, uh, you know, you definitely want to tune into. Carrie, how are you doing today? I am very well. Thank you. I'm super excited to be on here. So thank you for inviting me. Yeah, no problem. I'm so glad you're able to meet uh, today. Um, So let's dive in right away. I know like when I spoke to you, I mean, you had some like traumatizing past and, you know, you've described uh, you had a tragedy seven years ago with your fiance and, um, you know, you can you actually felt that before it happened. Do you mind uh, just talking about that uh, a little bit more with our audience? Sure. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Yeah. So um, almost seven years ago, I um, unexpectedly lost my fiance. I woke up um, one morning to find that he had, um, he had actually gotten out of bed and I had felt him get out of bed. I felt the bed move. He was um, a lot taller and bigger than I am. And um, for a split second, it was like this fear had crossed my mind, but I ended up going back to sleep, knowing and trusting that he was going to come back to bed, but he didn't. And when I woke up about an hour and a half later, immediately I heard Mike is dead. And I, uh, and, and like, you know how sometimes we hear like our ego is in our head and our ego is telling us things that we do not want to hear. And I was like, no, 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 no. That's crazy. Like, why would I even think that? So I went about my business, but uh, when I went downstairs, I did find him. Um, he had passed on the couch. 
And so it, it was a horrible, horrible situation. Um, it was completely unexpected in the sense that I never imagined it would truly happen. But like you said, since the time I was, I, I can remember since, since back to when I was like two years old, I've always seen major traumas, major life experiences happen before they did. But when they happened, I would still feel almost like surprised. Like uh, I, I was diagnosed with cancer when I was 26 years old. Well, when I was a eight years old, nine years old, I used to have this vision just play out in my head over and over and over again of me having cancer down to the exact type that I had. And it only lasted for about maybe maybe about six months worth of time that I would see this vision. And then, then I would see a different one and another one. But when Mike had passed, it hit me that I had seen this over and over and over again, and not in the exact way it happened, but it would constantly be this feeling that something terrible was going to happen to him. It would be this feeling that he wasn't with me anymore. And I would, if, if when we were together, if I tried to imagine us, like when we were 60 years old, I couldn't, I would get a black screen in front of me and I'm a very visual person. And it made me realize it was one of the, it was that final straw that made me realize that I was seeing the future and I was constantly being shown the future throughout my life. And, and it was, it was very hard for me to accept because it took me a while. It wasn't just like in that moment, um, him passing really shook my life. It really put me in a dark place, but it, in months that followed, I had this unbelievable guilt because I felt like I should have been able to stop it or they must have shown me so that I could have prevented it. And it took me a while to realize that there was nothing I could do. It was not my fault. Um, I had no responsibility in it, but it was a very hard thing to work through for me. That is amazing story and um, very brave that you've come on to share that with us. How powerful is the mind? I mean, um, I mean, especially with the work you do, the the power of belief and uh, what you see is is vital to our futures. Um, so, with that said, Carrie. Um, can you explain a little bit more about your psychic abilities? I know that I don't know if I want to call it a sixth sense or premonitions, but um, you had mentioned that you can actually talk to like people that are deceased. I can, yeah. So um, I've been psychic my entire life. Uh, when I was younger, I think it started around the age of two that I can remember, but it probably even started before that. I would wake up in the middle of the night and see people in my house. And I would, the minute they would leave, like I'd see them walking the hallways. Um, my first memory is waking up and seeing Jesus standing at the end of my bed. And when the hallway would be clear, like I couldn't see them anymore, I would run to my mom's room and tell her that I saw people. And my mom would be like, that's okay. It's just a dream. Go back to bed. And I would run back to my bed and, and, and get under the covers. And I would also be able to... Um, read the energy of people. So if an adult was around and they would say something, um, I would be able to know if it was true or not. So I got in trouble a lot in school when teachers would say something or, or they'd be like, oh, you know, I'm proud of you guys. I would be like, well, no, you're not. You're frustrated with us. And I would get in trouble for that. Um, so it was really like I could do a lot of stuff. And um, at the age of five, I actually lost my best friend. And it I remember when my mom told me 
that she had died and she had actually, she had passed away from cancer. And it was, it was very powerful for me because I never stopped seeing her. I would constantly see her. I would play with her. I would speak to her. And it always felt like she was there. Like she didn't really go away, but because of the fact that, and it's not that I blame this. My mom, my mom and I are super close and she's always like, you know, she, she's always like, I know I used to tell you that it was just in your head and she wouldn't be mean about it. And she wouldn't be like negative about it. She just was so busy that she'd be like, okay, like go play with your imaginary friend or, or go talk to them or, or stop daydreaming or whatever it was. So I always just believed it was my imagination. I never realized that I was truly having conversations until things started being proven to me. And the biggest thing was when Mike passed and he started showing up and I started talking to him. And at first I was like, I'm crazy. Like this is crazy. But what I realized was that it was no different than any of the other times that I saw the people or just knew what people wanted to share. Like if somebody had told me that their grandmother had died, I knew what the grandmother, I knew how they died. I knew, I knew when they died and I knew what message that they wanted to bring forward. So yeah, I can speak to um, people who've passed, but I also can talk to, um, like angels and all those things that you hear about, like guides and um, ascended masters. And um, I connect with source energy a lot. Um, And aside from communicating with spiritual beings, I also can read the energy around any situation around people, um, future, past, present. Literally, there's, there's not much, if anything, in the psychic realm or psychic world that I can't do. So just kind of switching gears here, you definitely have those gifts and now you're kind of giving back and you're using that to kind of focus on business. And, um, so let me ask you this. If I come to you as a business owner and I'm like, well, why do I even need a psychic in my business? What would you say? And how would you kind of propose that you can help? Yeah. And that's a great question because I get that a lot because business and psychic, it's not like you, they really go hand in hand, especially like, yeah, like a spiritual business would, or if you have a psyche business, a psychic business or a Reiki business, but we're talking like, you know, um, corporate businesses and in medical offices and construction and manufacturing and all that kind of stuff. So why do you need a psychic? Well, a lot of, we have this idea that psychics just tell the future. They're like fortune tellers, they're palm readers, they're like, you know, glass ball or whatever, whatever it's called, crystal ball. I don't even know what it's called, crystal ball gazers. <laughs> and to me, those are fortune tellers. I'm a future reader. And to me, the fortune tellers are more for entertainment purposes. Um, some of them, some of them, uh, I question their integrity or if they're or if they're truly reading the energy because I've I've sat in and listened on some things. So by a future reader, what I do is I help you to recognize what's going to be most in alignment for your business to take action on. So we, I've run multiple companies in multiple companies at one time. And one of the things that, you know, this is just one example of something that can be helpful. I I 
manage 60 employees at in in one time at an office. There are 60 different roles that those employees could play and oftentimes they are in the wrong role. There is something much more aligned that they could be doing in the office and switch and, and simply making a switch is going to allow to see greater success, more fulfillment with inside the employee, more revenue coming in and you know greater expansion for the work environment and the way at which people work together. Now, because I can read energy around the office and people in general, I can tell you what people's strengths are. So simply saying, you know, this is this person is really in alignment to be, you know, doing the numbers, doing the you know, um, doing the statistics for a company, um, checking the revenue versus this person is a really hands-on leader and or this person's really great at customer service. That's huge because we oftentimes hire people based on what they want to do, maybe not based on what they're best going to perform at and what they might, you know, we, we oftentimes will put people in positions of things they've had proven records for. Well, what if there's something that somebody can do that they've never, they've never done before, but I can see that they're going to be really amazing at it. Um, we also, if you're doing like your due diligence around a business or even as an entrepreneur, if you're looking to expand into a different area or create a program, can help you to be able to be better in alignment with that program. So you want to be in alignment with charging the right price. If you're going to charge... Um, uh, I was working with a client once and she was charging $9,000 for a a six-month program. And I said to her, are you in a, does that feel good? And I could see she wasn't in alignment for it. This is something I can see. I can see that you're just, I can see the fear. I know what what's coming up. I can see where it's just not connecting. And she said, absolutely. And I said, are you sure? She said, yes. I said, okay. So if somebody were to pay you monthly and they're paying you $1,800 a month. How does that feel? She's like, that feels amazing. That's what I'm selling it at. I said, cool. Now you go tell people that you're charging eight or 9,000 for the six months. How does that feel? And I don't remember which number it was like eight and a half, eight, eight or something. And she's like, uh, no, I would much rather say 1800. I say, but the course is an 8,000 or $9,000 course. If you can't feel good about that, you'll never sell it. You're not aligning to $1,800. That's just the payment they're making you. You're selling a $9,000 course. Now, being able to see this and being able to see where you're at in alignment, whether it's where you're charging or or the clients you're working with. I had a client recently who's been really struggling. And I said to her, you're not working with the right clients. And she's like, what do you mean? She's like, but these are the clients I think will pay my price. I said, awesome, but you want to charge a different price and you want to do something different. Let's realign you with what you want to do. And we'll call in those clients instead of working with these clients that just keep coming to you because they're aligned with the old energy and they're used to what you used to do, let's call in new clients. So there's a ton of things that we can do inside of a business and it makes things faster and easier because we're reading energy. We don't have to figure out what the problem is. We just look at the energy around it. That That is very profound. And I could see how that would be an asset to most companies, but then you'll have some people that, you know, will question that and, you know, I think that that would be just like amazing thing, especially for a large company. If, you know, you're in the wrong role, how do you even know that? There's nothing to measure that with, you know? Right. And I had a client come to me and she, or she was actually, I do, I do um, channeling on live Facebook. So half the people I don't know. And a lady said to me that she wanted to ask for a raise and she was going to ask for, um, I believe it was a $7,000 raise or 
or 5,000, one or the other. I know that's a big difference, but you'll see, you'll hear the story in a second. And I said, yes, it is the right time. I'm seeing it's the right time, but you need to ask for 12,000. They're asking you to ask for 12,000. So whether it was a 7,000 increase or 5,000, that's still a big increase. And she said, okay, are you sure? And I said, yes, but when you approach your boss, approach it in this way. She messaged me a month and a half later and she said, I cannot thank you enough. He okayed the 12. I, she said, I had to do a little bit of work. She said, but I asked him for the 12,000 and I got the full 12,000. That's a, that's a, like, let's even pretend she was going to ask for a seven. That's a $5,000 wow. answer I just <laughs> gave her. And this is why it's so powerful because it might not be the right time or it might not be the right amount or there might be something you can't see. So for my clients, I help them to see, is it the aligned time? Is this a, the right amount? Is this the right direction? Are the people I'm talking to the right people? And we can get all of those answers. Yeah, there's so many factors to it. I mean, I wish I had known you when I was asking for my raise, but you know, I was always like, man, maybe, maybe I'm asking too much or and honestly, I've had people like, no, like we can actually do better. And, and I'm like, really? Like th that was like the best thing. I'm like, I should have, I should have known, you know, I should have known my worth and see the problem was I didn't feel very good about myself at the time. I'm like, well, you know, I'll just ask for the lowest amount. I don't want to, you know, rock the boat too much, but then they're like, Hey, how about we go a little bit more? And, you know, you've done some great work here with us. And that made me feel great. And I ended up staying long-term, but, um, but yeah, I could see where you would come in and that would be a $5,000 difference in someone's life is huge. You know, <laughs> here's the thing. Like, I know that you've talked about taking ownership and taking action. Um, as far as like the people that are listening, I mean, we can't just look in the sky and just say, Hey, I'm going to ask for a million dollars and I'm going to think about it. Um, how do we like, I guess, how do we know, like, if it's aligned with us? Let's say that we're asking for too much or too little. Is there a way to gauge this, or is it just something that we feel inside from a from a soul standpoint? Yeah. So there's a couple things, and I like that. I love that you brought this up because this is something I tell my clients all the time. Um, we have the ability to create anything that we desire, but we must do the work. And one of the things that I find that happens often, and um, and one of the other things that is important for people to recognize is that, yes, I'm psychic. Yes, I can tell you what's, what is a potential that could happen and what's most likely going to happen. But if you don't do your part, it will not be fulfilled. So with this lady that I said, you need to ask for $12,000, she had to go do her work. She had to stand in front of her boss. She had to ask for the 12000 and feel really great about it. If she didn't, she probably most likely never would have got the 12,000. Now, you're lucky that your boss said you're worth more than that. Here we go. So if I, but it doesn't always happen that way. So if I channel for you that you're meant to write a book, if you don't ever pick up the pen or open up the laptop, your book's not going to be written. So although we're aligned for things or things are part of our destiny or we, we desire things, we always must take action. So in regard to how you know if it's the right thing or not, our bodies will always tell us. We have, we have souls that reside for the most part inside of our body. 
And our soul always knows the right answer. It's it's your intuition. And but the problem is, is our head gets in the way, our ego gets in the way, our limiting beliefs. Like you, like you said, you had this poor belief about yourself. We oftentimes do, or we have other people's judgments of us. We have other people's ideas of what's a lot of money or what's the right thing to do or what's the next step in our business. And oftentimes we turn outside of ourselves. If we could bring ourselves back, get out of our head. So recognize when it's ego talking and that's ego is fear. Ego keeps us small. Ego holds us back when it's a limiting beliefs or somebody else's idea. So, you know, $10,000 to somebody might be a lot of money where $10,000 to somebody else is not a lot of money at all. So whose belief are you bringing forward when you're trying to answer a question or trying to find out the truth for yourself? No, I mean, that that's just like, boom, like it just like a light bulb went off on my head because what I might think $10,000 is, is not as, you know, not as much to somebody that's going to give me that amount. So it's all about my belief system. Yeah. And so we have to tune into us to see what's correct. And we have to bring our attention. And, we, and this is something you have to practice. This isn't just like, hey, you go out and you just tune into your heart space and you'll be golden because we constantly get pulled from our heart space back into our head constantly. It just our head, our, our head, our ego, even our intellect fights for control where our heart has the answers and it knows. And when we're tapped into our heart, we're also tuned into our body and our body will have a physical response to a yes or a no answer. And it's your job to understand what that physical response feels like and looks like. So when you're asking yourself something or you want to take action on something, if you get out of your head and drop into your heart space, you'll receive the correct answer. And if you don't, It's awesome practice. And for the next time, so you know, okay, well, if I thought that was a yes, but it was a no, what was I missing? Where was the fear? Where was the resistance? Where was I misreading my body? But if you work on your intuition and tap in, you'll always get the right answer. Always. Or the answer you're meant to get. Because sometimes we have a lesson to learn. And so it's the answer you're meant to get. I love that. I mean, if all you guys that are listening right now on this podcast you know, I, I get a lot of listeners that reach out and they're like, you know, I've tried and I've prayed to the universe. And but how much have you actually done the work? If you're looking to write a book, have you actually written the book? Have you put in the work? If you want a job, like, are you, are you doing everything to be the expert in that industry? So you have to actually not only just think about it, obsess about it, but you have to actually do the work, it seems like. But now from from a trauma standpoint, and, and I know a lot of listeners out there that are tuning in. They do have a, um, I don't want to say, well, they, they have low self-esteem probably or um, because of the trauma, like whether it's like emotional or physical um, uh, problems, a lot of us do have issues with our belief system. Um, we think that we're not good enough, especially empaths. You know, we, we want to people please. We don't want to rock the boat. We don't want to ask too much for a raise or, you know, we just want to keep everyone happy so we don't like get anyone angry. So that I think it does keep us from, I, I don't I want to call it fear, but I know it does cause some hesitation um, from a tra- trauma standpoint, that is. Um, is there a way to get over that, do you think, like for people that are abused? 
There is, there really is. Um, I know for me, and I know exactly what you're talking about because I was like a power player in corporate. I ran six companies, $16 million. I was in the office. I was the go-to person. I was the head of everything. There was only one person above me. And I owned what I did. I was amazing at it. And when Mike died, I literally, like, everything stopped. Like the company still went and I still did what I needed to do, but I felt so different. It was like somebody had taken my power. Somebody had literally taken everything that I knew to be me because I didn't trust. I didn't trust in myself. I didn't trust in the universe because the universe had taken the one person from me that I never imagined I'd have to live without, took my future. Literally, the universe took everything I had and said, here, start over. And this happens often. It can happen when we experience a death. It can happen when we experience abuse, verbal abuse, physical abuse. It can happen when we have an accident. Um, I had a terrible accident on a horse Um Uh, earlier in my life as well. And we just feel so powerless because we're out of control and that takes our confidence from us. So I know exactly what you're saying. And there's absolutely a a way to get it back. Like I went from being uh, like power player to being almost like apologetic for everything I did. Like my energy literally apologized to everybody to now back being that power player in a different sense. And what you have to do is you have to first begin to release the trauma, whatever that looks like in whatever stance that is. And it's not an easy thing to release the trauma and you have to dig into it. So I had to get into all of the terrible things that I felt, all the terrible things that I experienced, all of the terrible beliefs that I had about myself, because it is like... When we're, when we're abused physically, emotionally, mentally, whatever that is, it's somebody else's opinion being bashed into us over and over and over again, and their energy is stronger than ours. So we start believing it, and we start taking that on as this is who I am. This must be true, and we literally give them our power. We give them our power. We, we allow them to convince us we're somebody we're not, even if it's just a situation, even if it's just a situation that it's just, it's not what you wanted. It's not what you expected. It's not what you thought. So like the universe is basically controlling you. And that's what I thought. I felt like I was being punished. I felt like I had did something terribly wrong and now I needed to be punished for it. And, and, and traumas do that to us. Traumas make us feel like we're the victim, whether we truly are a victim or we just feel feel that way. And so we have to begin to remember who we are. We have to begin to let go of what is being said, but we have to feel it first. And and we're so afraid of that, whether it's healing and trauma or manifesting, we are so afraid to feel the truth. We are so afraid to feel scared. We're so afraid to feel helpless. We're so afraid to feel weak. We're so afraid to feel like we can't do it or we don't know enough because we're afraid we'll manifest that. But if we hold it inside of us and we have any form of belief around any of these things I mentioned, then we are actively manifesting it at this time. So by feeling it and allowing ourselves to express it and cry or get angry or get mad or, you know, beat a pillow or be, you know, like, you know, punch a punch a big pile (laughs) of dough or whatever it is. um, Until we get that energy out, we will forever hold it. 
So we need to do something. Um, for me, I did a ton of journaling and I swear by journaling. I have people message me all the time to tell me that my journaling and, and the way I, I do journaling is incredibly powerful. And I did that. I got into every little thing that I felt about myself, about the other people, about the situation. And I allowed myself to get mad. I allowed myself to get angry. I allowed myself to be resentful. I allowed myself to be hurt. And then once I got to a place where I feel felt just completely depleted and it took months. It for me, if I'm honest, it took years. Then I had to start seeing myself for who I truly was. And each time I would journal and get to a point where I just felt a little bit depleted, I would build that back up with things that I knew about myself. And and that's the problem with so much healing is that we will express our anger and our frustration. We'll begin to get it out, but we don't fill it back up. And we have to do that. Like if you take out a, you know, if you think about a house, if you take out a supporting beam, you got to put one back in or everything's going to come crumbling down. We, If we take out anger or frustration, we've got to put something else in. And that's where we begin to put back in our belief in ourselves, our trust in ourselves, who we really are, what we know we're capable of. And sometimes we have to dig deep to find that. But the more we can replace those limiting beliefs, those terrible thoughts, those fears, the guilt, the grief, the emotion with who we really are, the more we start to tap into that and the more we start to bring our power back. That was amazing. I I hope everybody out there is listening, taking notes. I know I'm going to save this episode when I'm down and I can go back and reference this. This is a very profound things that that I need to work on myself. Um, so thank you for sharing all of that. Um, so finally, um, I know like with everything going on in the world with the pandemic and people being trapped, jobless, um, or some people are working, but they hate the, what they're doing. Um, they're trying to manifest, but it's just not clicking. In your opinion, I know you've, you've uh, talked about this in a previous podcast of yours, um, but how do we stay balanced in an unbalanced world in your opinion? Yeah, there is a lot of stuff going on. Um, there's a lot of fear going around. There's a lot of conspiracies. There's a lot of people's opinions. And, you know, one of the things that I swear by, and, and people have judged me for it, but it has really helped me. And it especially helped me when I was in a very low time, when I was very frustrated, when I was very confused about what I wanted, when I was still trying to heal, is I literally separated myself from anything that made me feel fearful, that made me feel uncomfortable, that made me question myself, that made it harder for me to do what I needed to do. So that meant that I got rid of cable. I stopped listening to the news. I even separated myself from family. There was an incredibly close family member that there was a six month period of time that I couldn't speak to them at all. And it wasn't them. It was me. Like, yes, it was the things that they were saying, but they could have kept talking to me I couldn't handle it because it would constantly bring me back into a low place that I chose to not be in. So I had to make different choices. So my first suggestion would be to do, to eliminate all of the things that make you feel bad about yourself, that doubt, that make you doubt what it is that you want, that bring you back to a place that you choose not to be in. 
The second thing that I would really suggest is that is tapping in and remembering that we are in a time where the energy is drastically shifting. And one of the things that it's shifting into is your purpose, meaning that there is a deep inner calling within inside of everybody to realign their life, their energy, themselves, their thoughts, everything with their greater purpose and your your inner knowing that inner connection and if you can spend time tapping into that heart space just tapping into your heart and telling yourself that you love yourself and usually and really saying like I love you Carrie but use your own name not mine and if you do that you can get a deeper connection to yourself and you'll start to know what it is that you truly desire you'll start to feel a pull towards what it is that you should be doing and trust this pull and take little tiny action steps every single day to work to fulfill that to complete that to achieve whatever it is that you would like to achieve and keep how holding that bigger vision oftentimes we get so distracted by everybody else's visions and accomplishments or what people think we should be doing that we lose sight of our bigger vision. So sit down and really spend some time tapping in and understanding and recognizing what is my bigger vision. If I could do anything, what would I do? And you need to believe that it's possible. It absolutely is. And your purpose is calling towards for you. It really is calling for you to take those action steps forward. And I think most importantly, Align with people who support you. This is huge. I have gotten rid of friends, associates, you know, acquaintances, anybody who didn't support where I wanted to go or wasn't building me, helping to build me up. They're not worth it. This is your life that you're building. So choose the people you hang out with very purposefully. Be very diligent about that. And it's not a personal thing. It's a private thing. Like, this is me. This has nothing to do with them. I <laughs> wanted something different. Not them. They're perfect. They can continue being perfect in themselves, but I want something different. So don't be afraid to do that. Wow. Well, Carrie, I mean, you're proof that you can turn things around. And um, I can just tell, like, I mean, your genuine intentions, you want to help people. Uh, I'm a fan of your podcast. Keep doing what you're doing. You're very gifted. And, and I've had a lot of guests on here. So thank you so much. Before we uh, take off, can you please tell us where we can find you on social media and, and your website and all that? Yeah. So you can find me on all social media. Well, not all, I guess. I LinkedIn, um, Instagram, Facebook, uh, and YouTube at just search my name, Carrie Cardozo. Um, Instagram is just Carrie Cardozo. Same with Facebook. Um, I have a podcast called, like you mentioned, called um, the Carrie Cardozo Podcast. And my website, again, is www.carriecardozo.com. So if you just search my name, um, you should be able to find me on any platform. So, and I have a free group, um, that I do, it's called affluent entrepreneur. And yes, it has the word entrepreneur in the title, but I have so many clients who are not entrepreneurs and they take everything that I teach, everything that I do and incorporate it into their personal life. So come join me there. I do free channeling. Um, and I give a lot of value with inside that group and it's great connections as well. I believe you. And you guys check her out and I'll link everything in the bio in this podcast episode. But thanks again, Carrie, for your time. You've been a wealth of knowledge and I actually feel pretty good talking to you. So thank you so much for being here today. Awesome. You're so welcome. And thank you for having me. Yes. And you're always welcome back. So 
Um, <laughs> no problem. All right, guys, that, that does it for this episode. If you can uh, go to Apple iTunes, give a, a review that helps this channel out to bring more people like Carrie on here that could give you value. It really helps me do my work. And again, stay tuned for the next episode. And we are out. You're listening to the On Call Impact.